Hello, my name is Andrew Denny, and I welcome you back to Couture and Construction, a weekly show dedicated to the people and stories behind beautiful places, recorded live in the Textures Nashville showroom inside the Nashville Design Collective. So we welcome you back. We've taken a little break due to the pandemic, but we're back with episode six, A New Sense of Home. I am so very excited to delve into today's topic because this is a subject that is very current. We are all spending a lot more time in our homes, and for good reason. But what impact does this have on how we are living in our home? What new meaning does home have? And what will change in design because of this strange time? So today's guest is Julie Couch. Julie is an amazingly talented member of the Nashville design community, a small business owner, a mom to young kids, and really a super fun, creative, funny, beautiful person. So Julie's experience is broad. We thought she would be the perfect person to have a conversation with regarding this subject. So welcome, Julie. Julie's joining us remotely today. Thanks for joining us. We are excited to have you and very excited to understand your insights. Thank you so much, Brand. I'm excited to do this. This is really fun. Oh, that makes me happy. So before we start, just share a little bit about you, your family, uh, et cetera, your professional background. Tell us, tell us who Julie Couch is. Okay. Well, I love that you called me fun and beautiful. I'm like, gosh, I don't want to mess this up now. Um, but um, yes, I, I live in Brentwood, just south of Nashville, and I've been here about 18 years now. Um, I have two precious children, Marlo, who is 18 months old, and Gus, who's in first grade. Well, he just finished first grade yesterday. Um, he's seven. And my husband, Mark, and we built a house about four years ago. So I got to experience everything firsthand that I do do for clients. But it's, you know, it's an amazing place to be a designer. I have great friends that are interior designers and, you know, it's just booming. And so we are so lucky that we're here. And I started my business, I guess, 16 years ago. So I've gotten to really see growth and change and, you know, projects and how they've really evolved. And um, it's just a really exciting time to be here. And, um, you know, I'm excited about all the growth and all the, um, how busy we are. It's wonderful. Well, for anybody that follows Julie on social media, you've gotten to know her absolutely adorable kids. It's uh, actually one of my favorite things to see on social media, and um, <laughs> they are the cutest, well, it, the cutest kids ever. Well, it's funny because you know I had children later. I had Marlo when I was almost thirty-five, and then Gus when I was forty, and it's just funny because. You know, I'm so obsessed with them that I kind of like unapologetically post them and talk about how cute they are. <laughs> so, you know, when people say, oh, your kids are so cute. I'm like, I know they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like, Jesus did that. I didn't. So I can totally brag on them. Like I didn't do anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, they are. I mean, they are the light of my life. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. Well, uh, so let's kind of jump into today's discussion, and I think I'll just kind of start by sharing, obviously, we are all at home a lot more. And from your perspective, uh, what lessons are we learning about our homes? And, uh, you know, how, how do you think that plays into, into where we are as a society right now? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I think this has been, I mean, it's been a great time of learning for me, kind of relearning 
um, what people need and what's most important to them, because I think that's really shifted. I mean, we are all working from home as best we can. Um, I'm kind of back and forth to my office now um, as things are kind of, you know, lightening up a little bit. But what I found initially is I, you know, I was really scared. I thought we're never going to have business because this is non-essential and, you know, how are people going to react? And they're just trying to, you know, survive and manage homeschooling and working and all that. But what I found is clients are more ready than ever to improve their home because they're ready to invest in it. They're spending more time. It's, you know, it's become more important to them and how it lives and the function because, you know, they're not coming in at five or six in the evening. They're there all day. So the spaces that were not functioning well before, I think they're ready to invest and make those really function so that every square foot is, you know, is usable and, um, and they can also enjoy their home. And so I just, I think people have really shifted from, I want it to look pretty to, I want it to look pretty, but it has to function for our life now. Sure. I, I think I've kind of seen that same thing. And one thing that's interesting is uh, a trend that I had begun seeing in house plans is the Costco closet. And uh-huh. I always thought that was kind of an interesting thing. And, uh, you know, are we going to start seeing homes that are built not with one office, but two offices and mm-hmm. or a dedicated learning space? Uh, or again, additional storage so that you can, you know, stock up on toilet paper well in advance. Sure. Uh, but but it'll be interesting to see how that how that combination of function and this this time of reflection play out. Uh, the, the sanctuary that home has always been, I think, has certainly a new meaning now. And I think people have either grown to love their home or not love their home. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what that creates in the market. Well, I would agree. But I will tell you, even in the few homes that we've really gotten going with new construction, um, it's funny what we've been talking about with clients. So we are doing the Costco closets. Everybody has that. Many are adding a working pantry because they're cooking so much more at home. They're, you know, they have all their children at home. Um, they're adding extra refrigerators either in the garage or in the working pantry. Um, you know, there's just, it's a much more thoughtful approach to being at home more. Um, and I think, you know, as we do that, I think I've created a few spaces that were kind of originally like, this is going to be the pretty front, you know, living room. And now it's kind of like, this is going to be a pretty living room, but we're going to have a writing desk and we're going to have a secondary space to work. So that's what I've really seen, you know, as people think through these things, how can we have rooms that, you know, have multiple functions and, you know, still have privacy if you need to work and, you know, where do the kids do homework? We've just added one of my clients. Oh gosh, she's been a client for 10 or 12 years, obviously gotten to be a good friend, but she has three young boys and they're homeschooling. So now we're adding built-in homework areas for them and, you know, lighting for them to do school and a work table and a craft table and, you know, all those things that we now need and we don't know when we'll need them again. So it's really, it's really been fun to kind of use all those little nooks and crannies that maybe we weren't using as well as we could before. And now we're really making use, you know, of all those, all of those spaces. I love that. I love that. So, so you've seen not only a combination of function, but also ways to increase productivity for kids and parents. Uh, oh, absolutely. And it's funny because we did a we did a little walkthrough the other day with a new home and it's, it's framed right now. And we just kind of talked about how we can maximize spaces. And, and she also has three kids, um, young children. 
and it was so funny because there was a little a spot kind of like under the eave, and it's like that wasted, like maybe unfinished storage, you know, that space you have. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, this ceiling is tall enough. I think we should put a simple vinyl floor in here, close it off, have some lighting. We have a window, and that's going to be the messy craft room. Like we can store supplies in there. They probably will never work in there, but you know, the glitter gets spilled in there, and the paints in there, and everything's in there, and it's. It's just so funny because I don't think that's something we would have thought about when our kids were always at school. You know, it's like I just don't think our minds were working that way as much. But now that we're doing all the crafts at home and all the art projects at home and all the messes at home, I think it's really, you know, I think it's now allowed us to be a lot more creative, you know, with the square footage that we have and and how to maximize it. Yeah, I think you're totally absolutely completely right. It's, you know, just a little side note for uh we have young girls at home. We have twin five-year-olds and I love them literally more than anything on the planet. They are just wonderful. But <laughs> it is, is one thing. It's so it, funny. We always talk parenting when I see you. I mean, we talk <laughs> business for five minutes and it's like, so how are your girls? <laughs> uh, we're both equally obsessed with our children. Uh, well, it's funny. You get obsessed with kids and I absolutely, I don't want to be like a helicopter parent or anything like that, but I am uh absolutely obsessed with them it's really funny but the one drawback <laughs> to them is the mess they are oh God. Yeah. so messy it is absolutely unbelievable so to just as you made that suggestion a place that they could make a mess that doesn't I have probably OCD with this stuff but I mean the crumbs the glitter the little scraps of paper where they've cut out you know 36 hearts in one day uh, for, for, you know, and little, just little scraps of paper everywhere. It is absolutely amazing. So, uh, that really resonates with me. I would love like just a dirty room for the kids because they're just yeah. being kids. I mean, and of course, you know, and it's actually probably a way better way to live than me obsessing over a crumb. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, that would, that would be fantastic. Well, it is funny because I thought when Gus was a baby, you know, and they have so much gear. You mm-hmm. know, you go anywhere and your whole car is full of gear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like all the baby toys, all the walkers, all the high chairs. And then it's like, oh, I'm so ready to be done with all that gear. Then he got old enough to not have that stuff. Then it became, I'm going to build a cardboard fort that is five feet tall, yeah. you know, in the middle of the living room. Then it was like, with I'm every pillow the in pillows. the house. <laughs> yes. And then I'm going to arrange all the pillows to make a fort. In the dining room. Then I'm going to, you know, and it's like, I don't want to do anything to hamper the creativity. But at the same time, it's like, my goodness, we look like hoarders, you know, with the paper and the schoolwork, you know. And so it's like sometimes with social media, people say, oh, you know, do a quick home tour of your living room. And I'm like, oh, that's going to take me an hour before I can do that. i got to get all the toys. But there's no way I can do that. I don't live like the magazines. I have little kids. But yeah, it is, it is interesting now how much I wish the room over my garage that kind of like a home gym I'm thinking now you know that should have probably just been a messy play ring yeah you know like that should have probably been to close the door and don't worry about it right yeah yeah and put family living space with it so that you can you know be up there and enjoy it but then just not stress and then build fences around the areas that you live in so that they can't come in yeah like anything yeah you just anything short of those little collars you put on dogs you know like the the fences in your yard like anything short of that to tell them like do not pass the threshold like this is a messy area do not pass it because right now there's no boundaries. Like every every room's messy. Every room has forks. 
and every room has cardboard and every room has glitter. You know, there's like, there's no boundaries right now. Yeah, they absolutely migrate because, you know, uh, one thing we've been working at home and especially for my wife, Joy, I'll, I'll come downstairs from the one dedicated office space we do have and she's working in the dining room and they'll both be under the dining room table at her feet. <laughs> so no matter where you are is where they are. And it's just, it's really funny. It's, it's, it's absolutely no, they would, they would probably Velcro themselves to me if they could, but <laughs> they, they can't, I don't let them do that. So you just kind of touched on this, but would that, if you could change one aspect of your home, would would that be what you would choose is to convert an area uh, from if you could go back in time and foresee this time? Uh, yes. What would you have changed? I think, you know, when we built our house, I kind of had in mind exactly what I wanted the floor plan to be. So I had this kind of eight floor plan in mind. So I wanted this private area that was a master suite, there was master bath, all these areas. And then on the opposite side of the house was the kitchen, the working pantry, the family room, you know, all those public spaces. And then in the center of the house, we have a room. We don't have a formal dining room, living room. We just have this big salon you walk right into. So it kind of serves as entertaining, you know, extra, you know, it's just kind of that beautiful kind of public space. Mm -hmm. But um, above that, I created this um, kind of the same thing upstairs, like, you know, guest room on one end and kind of office that on one end and then the kids' rooms on the other end. But in that in-between space, that was intended to be um, a painting studio for me and then a playroom for the kids. The idea being, you know, when they're big enough to play by themselves, I can be in there painting or creating something or they can paint with me, um, that kind of thing. But, you know, the thing is now, I think I imagined myself like Mary Poppins with like <laughs> magical cleanup and like birds flying in and chirping and like, I don't know what I imagined because it is absolutely not real life. But, um, you know, Gus and I do paint in there, but the reality is the paint and stuff stays out and it's everywhere and the drop cloths are everywhere and there's paint on the hardwood floor now. And, you know, we just, you know, I didn't realize how much we were going to be here. So therefore everything that we want to do that's extra or crafty or art, you know, it's right in the middle of our upstairs living area. You know, so it's not that I don't love it, how it functions, but at the same time, it doesn't bother me to be totally frank with you, but it drives <laughs> my husband insane because he has to walk to his like, quote unquote, man room in his office through this like messy art studio, craft room, you know, craziness, playroom <laughs> to get to his spaces. So it kind of drives him crazy. So, you know, had I anticipated how much we'd be here and and all that, I think I would have just made it a totally separate room, like I've done for a million clients above the garage or, you know, in a kind of extra space upstairs. But, you know, I just didn't anticipate how much time we'd be spending here. I mean, I'd anticipate being his art teacher. So, yeah, yeah. you know, even though I love to spend time with him and do those fun things, I just didn't anticipate how much we would be doing it at home. So, so let me ask you from a design perspective. So we've just gone through an era of very open uh, – open concept living. Do you think that that concept will be challenged as we move forward and we'll get back more to a traditional floor, uh, you know, layout? What's, what's your opinion or forecast on that? It's funny. You asked that. I have um, a new house we're building right now and um, the husband is really want smaller rooms, more traditional layouts. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want like all these open expensive spaces. His wife wants the opposite. She wants all these big expensive spaces. So, you know, how we've kind of tackled that is they do have that open living, you know, living to family room, very open breakfast room. That is very open. But then we definitely have spaces that are closed off with, you know, either like a barn door type 
blah, you know, something that feels, it can be as opened or as closed as, as you want. Okay. Um, and, you know, some smaller areas that are more appropriate for a home office. You know, they're not an entertaining area and they're closed off and they're at the other end of the house. So I think it's, you know, I think it's going to change in a way because like you said, I think people are going to build with two offices. I think they're going to build, we've been doing a few houses with, you know, what we're calling ladies lounges. So it's kind of like the opposite of the man room <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I daydream about this when my children don't need me every second and I go like read a magazine. Um, you know, that's what you would do there. I hear that's, I hear that's what you do when your kids are. I don't know if that really ever happens, but that's what I hear. Um, but you know, I think, you know, I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to change the you know, the open concept, living, um, family room into the kitchen, because that's just how we live. And no matter how nice of a party I have to have or a dinner party I want to have, everybody congregates around our island. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's just one of those things. So, I mean, I even moved the bar into other rooms. Like, they have to go in there to get a drink. Like, surely you'll go in there <laughs> and get a drink. But, you know, I just think that's how we live. And I think it's, you know, you feel it's casual and you feel comfortable. And, you know, it's kind of like people used to gather around the kitchen table. It's just now it's like the island and the open room. So I think... I think it's not going to change in that way, but I think we're going to have more dedicated closets and offices and playrooms than we've had in the past. Very cool. Very cool. So, so for people right now, a lot of people are still stuck at home and, you know, a lot of things haven't fully opened up. And a lot of people, of course, are on a very tight budget right now because of the, the economic impact of, of what we're going through. Do you have any advice yes. that you can offer that would help some people kind of beautify their home, add some variety, add some cheerfulness or happiness? Uh, if you could speak into that and just kind of give some pointers, that would be, I'm sure, appreciated by our listeners. Sure. Yeah. And that's something I put a lot of thought in because, you know, it's definitely affected everyone financially. I mean, I think across the board um, and everybody's had to make some really difficult decisions and, uh, you know, really be thoughtful about where their dollars are going to go and, you know, try to, we all try to be fortune tellers and predict the future and we just don't know. But I think, I think there are some simple things you can do that just make things feel fresher and, you know, newer because you're looking at everything every day. And one thing I've always suggested people do is, you know, when you think about art placement or something on your wall, that is the easiest thing to make it feel fresh and easy. So, you know, if you have something that's been in your guest room, that's really lovely, or you have a family portrait that you don't get to see very much because maybe it's an upstairs hallway, um, you know, moving things around and just shifting the way you use your your pieces. I mean, I've moved a desk from our living room into kind of like a back extra um, extra seating area because I needed privacy. And, you know, then I kind of shifted that room a little bit um, without buying anything new. I mean, one thing that's been fun for me that I've gotten to do a little bit of um, is think about all those, you know, million photos you have on your phone yeah, yeah. and on your computer and, you know, get those, even if you send them in um, to an online source and you get them printed in large format. So maybe you get 10, you know, eight by 10s, 11 by 14, 16 by 20s, get those in large formats because you haven't seen them. You haven't looked at them. They're on your phone and then order very simple gallery frames from Amazon or Target or Ikea. They all have great ones. Um, and, you know, create a really special gallery wall, create something that is unique to you, that's not expensive, that you can do, and that you're going to want after you're back at work. You know, you're really going to enjoy it. You can always change the pictures out as your kids grow or, you know, people get married or, or that kind of thing. But I think that's an easy thing to do. And then, you know, obviously we can always paint a piece of furniture, paint a room simply. Um, all the home improvement stores are still open. Um, you know, that would be a fun way to lighten it up or, um, you know, just to see something and make it feel fresh and new. And I'm a big believer in spending the extra five dollars or eight dollars or ten dollars at the grocery store 
getting some fresh flowers that you can enjoy, you know, keeping those on your kitchen counter on your island. You know, little things like that, I think, can really feel special, especially when we're in our homes more and we want to enjoy those little things. I absolutely love your idea on the the pictures from your phone and computer because those those are most likely going to be pictures of kind of a happier time. And uh, not that right now doesn't have its, you know, specific beauty, but just uh, that is such a great idea. And uh, of course, again, with the extra time to be able to even get that under organization, but just adding that dimension to your home can probably really change some perspective uh, and mood. And so what a fabulous, fabulous idea. I love that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I've just really tried to think of ways, you know, I want to I want to keep the depression monsters at bay. I want to stay positive <laughs> um, during this because, you know, I'm a go out, be around people, do things like I love to be active. So being at home and kind of being forced to, you know, exercise at home, cook at home, eat at home, like everything yeah. is here. But, you know, I think that's a good way to really allow us and not, you know, I'm not Oprah, but, you know, to allow us to see things and say, I'm so grateful for my family. I'm so grateful for these friends I have. You know, and instead of and really making that part of your day to day life, you walk by those photos and you think, oh, you know, I'm really grateful for those things. This is not an ideal time and I'm maybe not seeing these people as much as I want to. But at the same time, you know, it's a little bit of kind of decluttering all those things that you've mm-hmm. saved on your phone that you haven't used and you get to enjoy them. And I think it's kind of like the best of both worlds. That is like really just some of the best advice I've heard in a long time. Great, great, great Aww. thought. Thank you. Uh, so you run a small business. You have a, a you know a hot design firm. So what are some of the ways you've engaged with clients during this time, and and how has that worked? Well, it's been an interesting. You know, it's been kind of interesting to navigate that because when this initially happened, I had a few um, consultations set up with brand new clients, and so. You know, with me, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm in the service industry. Mm-hmm. So as, you know, as glamorous as people think it is, at the end of the day, it's about taking care of people and it's a luxury and you want them to feel like they can take it off their plate and not worry. So what it kind of got me out of my comfort zone is on those initial consultations, they didn't want to put it off. They still wanted to schedule them. You know, so I had to say, okay, well, if we schedule them, we need to do a Zoom call and, you know, you're going to, you may need to walk me through your house, <laughs> you know, a tour on your phone or on your computer because, I can't physically be there. And then send me a copy of your house plans if you have them. And, you know, try to do anything we could to keep momentum going and to be productive for them because, you know, they're ready to go and they're at their house more and they've had this scheduled for a month with you. So, you know, to not cancel anything, but then to be really respectful, you know, of how people felt about other people being in their homes, you know, that was a little hard to navigate because I don't want to feel like I'm asking them to do anything. Sure. And so that was kind of awkward for me. Like, I don't want to put this off. But, hey, can you walk through your house with your phone? I mean, it was just, it's so opposite of everything I think about my job. Um, But at the same time, you just kind of had to have an honest conversation with them. Like, you know, I know I can't be there and I don't want to put your project off. Would you be willing to do this? You know, I just, I think for me, it's just, and all of us, you know, even little things like that, I kind of had to jump out of my comfort zone and say, I'm going to serve them as well as I can right now with these this kind of atmosphere. But then, you know, when we're back to normal, I'll be the one over there with measuring tape and I'll be, you know, I'll be that person moving the furniture around, you know, if I need to an install day, but for right now, you know, I may have to ask you to do a few things that are a little bit outside my comfort zone. 
<laughs> you know. I, I, we have found the same thing. We have found the absolute same thing. And uh, we're both part of, you know, an essential industry um, with with home building and design. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's been very um, challenging. But I think there's, of course, been some new opportunities because as, as much as I like the personal interaction, um, sometimes what we're learning is it may be more convenient to have those initial consultations via video conference. So, you know, under normal circumstances, people don't have to fight 45 minutes of traffic to, you know, get get from point A to point B. Or it can be, you know, with a husband and wife after hours. And, you know, so I'm excited about what some of those future opportunities will be for us uh, in this industry to be able to even offer a combination of services that's more convenient to the people that that we serve. I agree with you. I'm actually putting together, you know, it's made me think in different ways about, you know, how to run a business and how to stay afloat when things, you know, get difficult. I mean, because we had a few weeks where I was, you know, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. So I kind of just paused and let, you know, just, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to make sure I, you know, made the right decisions. But what I found was, okay, you know, I think this could be a good time to develop, you know, some sort of online course for, you know, new designers, people that want to start a design business, or maybe I could start, you know, a design consultation that's, inexpensive and really accessible and it's, or it's a membership program, you know, how can I reach people and serve people if I'm not able to be in their house? And what does that look like? And, you know, I think it's enabled us to be really thoughtful about those things and also, you know, think of ways that we can, you know, even grow our business during this time rather than kind of, you know, curl up and say, oh, it's not going to work the same. It's like, I feel like we have to roll with it and say, you know, I have a small business. I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to make this an opportunity rather than, you know, putting my head in the sand and, you know, saying, well, I just, I can't do it now. I just can't do it. You know, I think for me, I've been thinking a way of like, how can I strategically grow my business, serve more people, you know, have fun with my team while we're in this. And this could be, you know, it could last for months. I mean, we just don't know yet. Yeah. I think that is just a a fantastic perspective. And I think that a lot of, uh, you know, I can't remember if it was Mark Cuban or, or somebody of that stature had uh, shared at the beginning of this, you know, in five years, we'll look back and some really successful ideas will have been born because of this. And uh, that's the that's the the challenge that we have. We don't get to pick the circumstances, but we do get to control our attitude towards them. So I think finding and innovating and uh, and and just to kind of piggyback on that, you know, we were also incredibly busy running. Just I mean, you could never catch up. You know, maybe the blessing in this is that it is a pause that we were able to get to do some work on ourselves and our business as opposed to just constantly being reactive. Uh, So I'm really, I think that's one thing that, you know, is good that's come of this, uh, you know, as long as it starts back up soon. (laughs) I agree. I mean, one thing, I mean, the biggest challenge for me, honestly, and I think initially when everybody was, you know, on social media and out there saying, oh, with all this extra time, I've been doing puzzles and I've been, you know, binge watching Netflix. And I thought, do these people not have children? Like, (laughs) are they not homeschooling? Because I felt like I've had less time than I've ever had, you know, ever in in my life, like between homeschooling and running the business and, and, you know, serving clients and and doing all those things. Um, But at the same time, it's really made me think, okay, well, if this happens again, what does that look like, you know, and how do I, how am I ready for it? How's the business ready for it? You know, because it's just, 
it's one of those things I agree with you. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of good ideas that come out of this out of necessity. I think you're absolutely right about maybe we're not going to drive an hour to every appointment if it's not necessary, you know, and, and we have that extra hour to do something with our family or do something new for our business. And, you know, to try to keep our minds focused on that rather than, you know, let ourselves get down about what we, what we can't do right now. Sure. Sure. So you just talked about how busy you are and I would be remiss to share. Like, I think that working moms right now are so much more busy than, than, than working dads, at least in my family. And it sounds like, well, of course they are. (laughs) So I'm not not trying to offend any dads out there. And, uh, I'm not too, uh, I'm not afraid to say my wife is, and I'm doing what I can, but uh, she is caring way more, uh, than, than I am. So what is some advice you have about a new work-life balance why we're in this circumstance because it's it's you know a very different time and you know it used to be that okay we're going to close the computer and put down the phone at five and now we have our dedicated child time until 7 30 until you know bath time and they go to bed absolutely but now it's more 24 7 so what is somebody like you or or what would you advise other small business owners in your similar circumstance to do to help create a work-life balance right now that's so funny you say that because my, my seven-year-old Gus the other day, I said, hey, you need to get dad to help you with your phonics lessons and your reading because I, I need to leave. I've got some appointments. I'm not going to be able to do it right now. And he said, mom, dad can't do that. He works full time. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to scream. Like I said, buddy, I work full time too. And he goes, yeah, okay, well, but, you know, I still need you to do this. It was kind of like, I don't really care, like, if you're telling me you work full-time. I mean, Dad definitely works full-time. I don't know about you. But, you know, I think I think that's the thing. I mean, I think some of that is because, you know, as, as a mom, I just do it. Like, it's not – it's just intuitive. Like, I just do it. You know, yeah, I don't really yeah. think about it. I think, I think it's a misnomer of the whole work-life balance. I don't think you're ever balanced. I think mm-hmm. there's days I work way too much, and I don't see my kids enough. Um I had a day last week where I was in the office all day. I had lots of presentations. I left. I saw Marlo for five minutes in the morning. She was asleep when I got home. I mean, that is not my ideal day. Um, but, you know, those are the days. That How I was your husband? <laughs> um, well, the nanny stayed late. Okay. Um, yeah, he had a sitter. But uh, he worked, Andrew, because he works full time. Um, but, you know, and that's not to say he doesn't help when I ask him, but, you know, that's kind of our arrangement. Like I say, hey, will you help out with this? He's like, absolutely, sure. But I just intuitively do things. So I think, you know, there's days that I definitely work too much. And then there's days that I can't get out of, out of the house till, you know, 11 a.m. because I'm homeschooling for three hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know that it's ever balanced. I think every day you do the best you can. I think every day. You know, it's like, what's the, what's the must do today? What's the priority today? What do I have to get accomplished? But I think for us, the biggest, the biggest thing that we've had to do is really have a schedule, some sort of schedule. Um, and it takes, you know, an act of Congress to get Gus on a schedule. But we have found that if we limit screen time and we um, tell him he can earn screen time in 15-minute increments, mm. so, you know, if we get through the math lesson and there's no complaining and he does it and, you know, we're done with it for the day, 15 minutes. If we go through phonics and we do our whole lesson and we do a good job and, you know, we really pay attention, he can earn 15 minutes. And we work like that because I feel like he is so motivated to do it. 
He, you know, he'll do anything for screen time. Mm-hmm. He's motivated to do it. It keeps us on task so that Mark and I can then do our job, mm-hmm. you know, because that doesn't go away just because your kids are home. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to sacrifice what he's learning and what he's doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, we can't, we can't do school from eight to three. Yeah. You yeah. know, we have to yeah. be reasonable about what we can really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that brings up a good uh, a good point, and again, a good perspective is be reasonable. Um, that that you can't probably do everything, and don't set yourself up to be let down. Uh, right. And it kind of go back to what you said. You know, just do the best you can do. Well, well I caught I have a friend that has she has children. Her name's KK Ray. She's she's fabulous. <laughs> she's a counselor, and here in Nashville, but. She has grown children. I mean, they're out of college. They're really successful, you know, and that's kind of like who I ask about parenting advice because I'm like, she just did this. You know, she's Mm -hmm. one stage ahead of me. Um, And I called her one day and I really was almost in tears. I mean, this is like two weeks in. And I said, Gus isn't listening to me. He doesn't respect me. I feel like I'm not doing a good good job at this. I feel like I'm not, you know, it was one of those things like I'm not doing a good job at anything. I'm really trying so hard. And what do I do? And the first thing he said is you got to give yourself a break. Like, why are you adding extra lessons? to what the school is giving you. Mm. Why are you adding extra projects? Why are you like, you know, give yourself a break, do what you need to do with school and then move forward and then do what you need to do with work, you know, and enjoy your kids and have playtime and let them go outside. And, you know, like it's first grade. Don't, you know, it's not college. Yeah, it's yeah. not medical school, you know, <laughs> like give yourself a break. And I think just having someone that I respect say that to me, it was a huge weight off my shoulders. And that's what I've said to my other friends that working and stay at home moms. I'm like, you know, it's a lot. So if they have a little more screen time or you need a little more time um, away, you know, for a few minutes just to catch your breath, like give yourself a break. I mean, you know, um, that's been the biggest thing for me. And once I kind of had, you know, permission to do that, it was kind of like, okay, I can do this. Like I don't have to do it perfectly, but I can do it. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. And yeah, giving yourself permission. I, you know, that is, that is definitely uh, before this started, you know, I just kind of said, I can never get caught up. I can never get caught up. And one day I realized, I was like, you know what? You may never get caught up and that's okay. So just be okay living in that. Like, Yeah. It, and it, be, you know, and be thankful you're busy. I mean, that's, you know, people are like, oh, are you so busy at work? And I'm like, yes, thank God. I love it. That, you know, that's the huge I don't want to be not busy. Counting yeah, your I don't blessings. Be not busy. Counting yeah, your blessings. Yeah, if you're going to do it. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, you know, if I'm going to run a business and I am going to be away from my kids, and I, I mean, I want to be the best I can at my business. You know, I want to have the best team I can have. I want to have the best attitude. Like you don't want to just kind of like phone it in if you're going to do it. Sure. Um, sure. Otherwise I would just do yoga and hang out with my kids or you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, this has been fascinating. I always love talking to you. I think you have one, just an incredible perspective and obviously an immensely talented, uh, talent for design, great mom, everything. So kind of the total package. So I really, really appreciate your time and perspective. So we're going to move into kind of our rapid fire and we've changed this up just a little bit, uh, because of, of the time in which we're living. So when this is all over, what's the first place you're going to go to or do, uh, when we're back to quote unquote normal? Orange Theory Fitness. Nice. I don't even have to hesitate. I miss it so much. My body definitely looks like it misses it. (laughs) And, you know, it's like that's the one hour of, like, vacation because it's too hard to worry about anything, kids or work or anything. You're just there for an hour. So (laughs) 
I miss it. I will totally be back when I can. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay. Bucket list vacation destination. Oh, that's easy. Santorini, Greece. Oh, nice. Um, I've been there. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. My first architecture class in college, He, the first day of class, he showed a slide of it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to go there. That looks like heaven. So that's absolutely where I'm going to go. When my kids are a little bit older. It is so perfect there. And you just wear linen and, and uh, just enjoy the breeze and a good cocktail. It's pretty hard to beat. Pretty hard to beat. It looks, it looks amazing. Uh, celebrity crush. Oh, um, I have two. <laughs> I have two. Um, John Krasinski, who's Jim on the office. Yep. And now oh, yeah. Now he's I love it. Although my husband's like, he's not really Jim. Like that's a character. <laughs> I'm like, but I love him. You know, like, um, and then the other one is Vip Vaughn. Cause I think he is hysterical um, <laughs> he is so funny yeah. i think he is so funny um, oh mistletoe yeah. mistletoe so those, are, those are my two those are my two uh favorite fashion designer well, this, uh, this is new, but I love um, this brand. It's called Ula Johnson, and it's a little bit kind of like 70s, but not in a costume way. And, yeah, I love it. It's, it's my new favorite. So, Ula Johnson. Yeah, U-L-L-A Johnson. Oh, cool. Very cool. I'll check that out. Uh, and favorite... It was na- a great on you. Andrew, <laughs> it was a great on you. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt they the have my. I, I doubt she has my my size. I'm not quite a petite. Yeah, the new the new sundresses for summer are fab. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite Nashville restaurant or type of cuisine? Well, I'm pretty easy on this, but I will say I love Lachlan Table. It's fantastic, and honestly, anywhere with a patio, I am. I will eat anywhere that has a patio. I love to be outside. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. I love Lachlan Table, too. It's so good. I love really anywhere in East Nashville. East Nashville is my I, I love every. I love everywhere that there's friendly servers and you're not cleaning up after. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not making mac and cheese separately. Mac and cheese and chicken nuggets separately. Like, there's only like, you and your husband. Like, Mark and I are there. We're not making mac and cheese for anybody. Yeah. That feels good. That feels great. Okay, final one. One. What's the one piece of advice you try to live by? Um, when I was younger, I mean, I would say like early teens, maybe, and we would, we were in a relatively small town. My dad would drop us off at the mall, you know, and you'd walk around the mall and hang out with the mall, which is so funny now. But um, he, when I'd get out of the car, he would always say, remember who you are, meaning mm. have integrity, you know, think about what your heart is, think about what your standards are. He always said that. And I remember at the time I was like, remember, yeah, Julie, I mean, remember who I am. But, you know, it took me a while to really get why he was saying that to me and kind of the gravity of that. And as an adult, I mean, uh, my husband laughs because he's, you know, I'm like an old man with this, but I'm like, if you don't have your name and nobody respects you, like you don't really have anything. Like yeah. you've got to have that kind of integrity. And so for me, you know, I try to really, in everything I do, remember that. And I feel like that's the best advice I've ever gotten. That is really, really good. That's a good one for me to start sharing with my daughters. That's a, that's a great one and very empowering. Yeah. And I, I think especially for girls, I think it's really empowering because I think, you know, the underlying message is you're enough, you're smart, you know, you're enough, you're smart. You're good. Like, just remember that. Like, you don't need to be anything else. Yeah, totally. Just Just, just be you. You is enough. 
Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing your great perspective and, and great sense of humor. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, I'm Andrew Denny, and thanks for listening to Couture and Construction. Thank you for listening to yet another inspiring episode of KOTOR and Construction. Please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like us, please remember to share with your friends, family, and industry professionals.